Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I am Andrea here with my awesome host and husband, Joplin. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. Good morning to you on your Friday. We pray your Friday is started off well, and we pray this podcast makes it even more awesome. We're going to start off today with some weird news. New segment that we're adding to the podcast, simply yeah. called that Weird News. And so let's get started right away. Andrea, what is the weird news for today? All right, weird news. And you're going to ask yourself, are these real? And they're all they real. They are real. Yeah. They're headline news. Um, our first lineup today is an Indian man stabbed to death by a rooster after attaching a knife for an illegal cockfight. The man actually died. By a rooster. By a rooster with a knife that was his own. It was the man's own or the rooster's own? It was the man's own. It was the man's own knife. He he attached it. He tied it to the rooster. Yeah, and it ended up, um, the rooster got, hit him and it hit an artery. And so the guy died on the way to the hospital. So, lesson learned. Do yeah. not tie knives to roosters. Yeah. I. But I wonder, do we know if the rooster won his fight? I don't know. It didn't say. It was more highlighting on the man, but that was not, that was the news. Don't get mad. No no letters, folks. I'm not making light of cockfighting. Don't do it if you fight roosters. I mean, this could happen. This yeah. could happen. It's yeah. dangerous The danger's stuff. real. Yeah. So, lesson learned. I just don't understand how it says he stabbed to death. Like, I just... I don't know. I wish there was a video for us to see that rooster getting yeah. his revenge. You know, on there was a, a lot of videos on these weird news, but the that one did not have one. That's so. weird news. That is a rooster weird news. stabs a man to death. That's right. Weird news. What's All right, next? the next one is that dogs are mysteriously turning blue and pink in a Russian city. Yep. Don't go to Russia. Headline news. Um, I guess these dogs are turning blue because there was some kind of like power plant there. And it had some some kind of hydroconic acid or something. And it was um, like a blue dye was the primary chemical in it. And so they're thinking that's why all these pets are It says here it happens. Uh, so it's in a city about 240 miles east of Moscow near an abandoned chemical plant. Yeah that once manufactured highly toxic hydrocyanic acid and which is a core ingredient in a once commonly used Perusian blue dye. Huh. Yeah. So experts believe this detail may help explain why some pups are now blue through and through. Whoa, here, including their excrement. According to vets. Wow. So they're not, hey, they're not just turning blue, they're pooping blue. Now that is quite well, something. I want some pictures of these dogs as well. I, I I would like to see a blue dog, and surely, you know, the cats are blue also. Well, you, you would think all of the pets in that area would be turning blue. Yeah, yeah you would. I would want to move out of the area, not just because my pets were blue, but because it just sounds dangerous. I'd be a little nervous that I might turn blue over time if I didn't get out. Yeah, because huh. of drinking and eating and. Okay, so area, Russia's so. got dogs turning blue. Yeah, so if you travel to Russia, India's you're going to keep that India's got roosters stabbing people to death. That's right. Next, we move to the U.S. here in Florida. That's right. All right, so in Florida, there was two women that dressed up as grannies 
a few weeks ago so that they could get the COVID vaccine. And what's interesting about this was that these girls that were dressed up as grannies, this was actually their second dose. So they had went in and got the first dose and they didn't notice these girls until the second dose come in as grannies. They were 44 and 34 years old. So, yeah. Uh, so did they get their second dose? They I mean, didn't. The no, question. the article said no, that they ended up calling the authorities and made these two lo- ladies leave, and there was no second dose I don't for them. know. If I would have been the one giving the shot, and they had already made it through first time. Uh-huh. You might have given it I might have given it to them. Just, yeah, a little uh, a boost there for the effort. Yeah. Because that's quite something. Yeah, it Most is. of the people I know don't really want the, the vaccine that bad. Mm-hmm. But apparently these, and they're pretty young ladies, 44 and 34. You got to want it pretty bad to dress up like Mrs. Doubtfire to go get a COVID vaccine. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's weird news. A couple of grannies. That is weird news. And then next, we're back in the U.S. again. This time we're in Massachusetts. And I thought this one was funny. It's a realty company and there's a house a not haunted house that is up for sale in Massachusetts. And so okay. it had all the neighbors uh, stirred up and... Why did they... Did you read the article? This is the one I didn't read. I just see the headline. I, I did. Um, they actually said they thought it was a prank, but it ended up making like national news because it was listed did the as house a not haunted house. used to house. be haunted and they were trying to tell people it's not haunted anymore? Uh, or no, what? that's actually what the neighbors said were funny was that there's never ever been any weird activity. There's never been any strange stories. And then the a man that actually owns the property that it's on said that he's never... There's never been record of any kind of anything there in the... They just thought that it was some kind of joke that they were huh. doing. So a not haunted house. Yeah, makes you want well, to buy it. We're talking about it, so <laughs> uh, the marketing strategy worked. Yeah, it, it our, went viral, but I don't know if people are going to buy it. Our final piece of news, weird news today, is worldwide news. This doesn't just impact blue dogs in Russia or guys in India getting stabbed to death by roosters or grannies in florida this is a worldwide situation here and it might affect might affect you yeah if you're a cinnamon toast crunch lover that's right and i like some cinnamon toast crunch yeah i do too sometimes i I think cinnamon toast crunch is quite delicious yeah yeah you want me to read it or you go ahead tell them what's going on with cinnamon toast crunch so cinnamon toast crunch had an investigating claim going on that there were shrimp tails actual shrimp tails coated with sugar in a box of cereal Mm. and there are pictures folks and it looks like they are shrimp tails now cinnamon toast crunch claims there is no cross contamination with any kind of shrimp and they're not sure um, that this is actually shrimp tails but if it is it did not come from them so now that's weird folks watch out when you eat your cereal because we hmm. want to be crunching down on some of that <laughs> no way i like shrimp that and might... i could eat some shrimp but i don't know about shrimp with captain or not captain crunch cinnamon toast crunch yeah I, if, if that came but across this that would probably ruin shrimp. it for me like this for the rest is of my shrimp life. tails yeah like what yeah. you disregard after you eat the shrimp mm-hmm. that is disgusting that is disgusting yeah you think the guy's lying? I don't. There's pictures of it. And yeah, then, but he could have put the tails in himself. That's what I'm saying. He could have, but it did look sh- like exactly like the rest of the cereal. And then um, I guess he got it at Costco. And then he um, actually went on to say that there was other things like that appeared to be 
tampered with in this bag. And so it sounds like it was probably tampered with somewhere and that this guy mm. just ended up getting the tampered with box of um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So watch out for your cereal. Yeah, especially your Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Still eat it. We don't want oh. to, uh, you know, we don't want to see Cinnamon Toast Crunch sales plummet here. <laughs> But just make sure you take a little extra time to sift through it and make sure there's not any tails in your cinnamon toast crunch. (laughs) All right, that's that's it for our weird weird news this week. That's right. And next week, we are going to start our um, tough, you know, our hunt for the greatest taco here in South Central Kansas. Yes. With all of the March madness that we just experienced, we decided that we're going to have our own little taco madness tournament. So next Talk week, madness. we're going to start scoring these tacos against each other until we come out with a clear champion. So we're excited to uh, get that rolling next week. Yeah. We've been eating a lot of tacos. Yeah, it's uh, single elimination. We had a couple of yeah. uh, new locations submitted last week. We've added them to the lineup. Yes, we have. If you guys have Looking somewhere you want to make sure is part of the tournament that you think deserves at least to be in the conversation of some of the greatest tacos in South Central Kansas, make sure log on JoplinAndry.com yeah. and let us know what the name of the place is and where it's at, and we'll go eat some tacos there. That's right. And we'll score them into the big tournament. Yeah, can't wait. We All like right. some tacos. Guys, this whole month, we're only going to have a, you know five to ten minutes here on the front end of our podcast because we are reserving the second portion of it through the month of April to help bring awareness for Autism Awareness Month. And if you saw last week, we played the first portion of an interview that we had with the McCarty family. We are excited to play the second portion of that interview for you today. So we hope you have a great Friday. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys. Have a good weekend. Was it hard when you did get some form of a diagnosis to accept or was it like, really, we've been dealing with this long enough, this makes sense? What was it like um, coming to terms with raising Mason's going to be different Mm -hmm. than raising the rest of our children? What was that like for you as parents? Well, at first, for me, it was, you know, some of the instructions we got was trial and error Mm -hmm. because there's no... Two people the same, regardless of what they're diagnosed or labeled as. And uh, so, you know, and I worked second or third shift, so I got to go to some of the the uh, appointments and what have you and, and early on. And uh, they thought it was just a speech problem, too. And uh, so there were some uh, exercises that I found pretty awkward as far as stimulating his upper lip and, and the bubbles and what have you. And it's like, uh, you know, I just wondered where all this fit in because none, none of that really worked. And the, the blessing for my wife and I is we never gave up and we never gave in. We just continued to move forward. And uh, As far as the diagnosis when we got it, I remember mm-hmm. when we were sitting mm-hmm. in the... Dr. Kirshen's office, and she came in and sat down. I remember it like it was yesterday. And she said, um, well, after review of everything, she said, um, Mason uh, actually has pervasive developmental disorder. I'd never heard of it. And I was like, 
okay, what does that mean? You know, and she says, well, it's on the spectrum of autism. It's very high on the spectrum as far as functioning, but that's what he has. And, and I remember, um, and I don't know if it's okay to share this or not, but Raz, Raz broke down in tears. I mean, he was very, he didn't take it well. It was hard for him. And um, I just thought to myself, you know what? It's going to be okay. And we're just going to move forward. And um, I know it was just, it was a it was a hard time for him, I think, just to accept that, okay, now, now we've got a label. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that was the, the hard part um, because we never want to be labeled as anything other mm-hmm. than just who we are. Right. Yeah. You know? Yes. And, um, but as a mom, you know, I was just like, okay, what do I need to do? How do we need to fix, you know, not really fix it, but what do we need to do to help him? And um, so then we started getting that guidance. More of a relief. Okay. It was. Yeah. It was like, okay, okay, now we can, we know what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. We can move forward. So. Yeah, that you know that afternoon driving home from the doctor's office, it was just her and I, and, and uh, you know it was tough. We was in the car. I was in the passenger seat. You know she normally likes to drive when she's in the car, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, you know, and it, it was tough. It was it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you wonder about their future. But, yeah, because a lot of you know the struggles that that I had gone through and. And you want this perfect life, right? For your children, and yeah, and you know, for all of them. But you know, in, in this case, and it was like I just made a commitment there that I was just going to do whatever it took as well. We mm-hmm. teamed up, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, my take on on how Stacy took it was. Well, she just don't really see the depth of it, you know, type deal. And, and she's really overlooking the, you know, what obstacles he may be up against. And But knowing now, knowing my wife, it was just, she was just willing to do whatever it takes and just loving him regardless. Mm-hmm. That's been the cool, that's been another real cool blessing you know, Mason, uh, you know, definitely was our biggest challenge, but what a blessing. Yeah. And once you guys get to meet him and check him out, he's he's on point. So <laughs> you guys get through that hard phase of yeah. wrapping your mind around mm-hmm. um, what the next, you know, yeah. 15 years is mm-hmm. going to look yeah. like. Yeah. Walk us through some of that. What did those years look like? Uh, what were some of the good things that were better, you know, about raising Mason? What were some of the things that were more difficult? What would you, if, and I would think maybe there's a, a mom or dad out there, another family just like you guys that are even now sitting in that place that you mm-hmm. guys were mm-hmm. when Mason was two to three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what would you want them to know about what the next 15 years are going to look like, some of the good things and some of the hard things to be prepared for. Well, sending them off to school was very difficult, you know, um, just because when he went to school, he still was barely talking at all. 
And so uh, the teachers had to, uh, it, we had some wonderful teachers. Mm, yes. He went to Oatville out in Hayesville. Wonderful school. It was like the Lord couldn't have blessed us with a better school for Mason to go to. And people were all in to help him. And um, our daughter Harley was at the school too. And so Harley kind of became his bodyguard at school. You know what I mean? So uh, so that was good. But um, he learned so much. And mm. I think, you know, having um, having a team of people that really didn't, at that time, we didn't really know a lot about autism mm, yes. at all. But these women... And men, they jumped in and they took him under his, under their wing and, you know, they set up schedules and and uh, made sure that, you know, if there was a balloon that was loose in the uh, gym, he didn't like balloons. And if he saw one, it was a complete me- meltdown. They made sure if there was a balloon loose, they got that thing out of there because they knew that Mason was going to have a meltdown. So, it was, you know, just those little things mm-hmm. that um, really added up to a lot and... and <clears throat> Just watching him succeed, mm, you know, yes. and, you know, for me, it was complete prayer and really giving him to the Lord because I can only do so much. But, you know, just handing him up to him and saying, you know what, I'm going to give him to you, which that's, you know, when you do that, you kind of take that. That control is not yours anymore to take. Yeah. Um, because you give him to the Lord and say, you know, I know you're going to take care of him. And, you know, I spent many nights praying, you know, that his life would be a good life. Yeah. So. That's such tremendous advice, not just with, um, you know, parents raising kids with special needs. Yeah. I have counseled with parents that, you know, did the best they could to raise their kids and then that something happens and maybe the kid goes off in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, I've seen scenarios where, um, unfortunately families end up in divorce and yes. one of the parents is just not really a safe haven for mm-hmm. the kid, but legally, mm-hmm. you know, the kid has to go. And, mm-hmm. and I, I've talked and counseled with parents that find themselves in a situation where there's a need for their child mm-hmm. that they can't meet. Yeah. And all of us at some point in time have to be willing to accept that honest truth that, God, I've got to turn this over to you. Mm-hmm. I, there, I've got, I, I'm going to have to trust you right. to do what I can't. Right. And I'm going to do what I can. Right. But I recognize that even what I can do falls short. And it, it, that's a scary place as a parent to know that there's a certain degree of control I simply don't have. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to have to trust God mm-hmm. to work this thing out. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was then put on a IEP, which that was a blessing. What's that? Individual Education Program. Okay. So uh, there's a team of people that come in. And they say, um, okay, this is what we have to do. These are benchmarks that we are um, abiding by. Um, there's, I'm sure there's something, you know, there's some kind of formula that they have to go by that, you know, we have to meet this benchmark for reading, math, spelling, you know, different things like that. So his IEP um, started in kindergarten and followed him to college. 
All the way through Very college. Nice. Yeah, all, yeah, all the way through college from when he graduated. So um, I think for him, and I think it was his saving grace as far as school was concerned because he had a lot of one-on-one help with certain things. And, I mean, it was it, it was a blessing. So I'm at the one of the first IEP meetings. We're all sitting around a big table and they hand me the paperwork and at every one of the IEP meetings I went to I cried like a baby because I I would just look at this stuff and I'm just like I I, just, I don't know you know I don't know how this is going to work how is this going to work but the first one I went to um, I remember them saying you know we we don't expect him to graduate from high school okay so I just want to, we just want to let you know that. And I'm like, he's in kindergarten. How can you say he's mm-hmm. not going to graduate from high school? You know, I think that's why I cried at all of the meetings because it was mm-hmm. like, they just were very adamant about mm-hmm. that, that and, he was not going to graduate from high yeah, school. And to drive. He wouldn't drive. Like that. They just ended yeah. to drive. And he'll never live on his own. Mm. I mean, it was just like automatically, I'm like, he's in kindergarten. How can you say that? How can you say he's not going to do this? He's not. And I left there and I was like, to myself, I'm like, oh, yeah, he will. Oh, yes, he will. You know, and um, I think you just have to have that mindset. And the reason I say that is because I think when people hear that, mm-hmm. they believe that. Yes. Yeah. You know, because these yes. are professional people and nothing against them. This is just what they knew or what they thought they knew. Yes. They thought they knew that. So they were sharing it with me to kind of ease the blow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I I just was like, oh. This no. is one of the reasons that I've wanted to have your family um, with us through the month of April. Because you have, you have found that balance uh-huh. of accepting what is true. Right while simultaneously refusing to accept what is not Mm -hmm. and like doing the hard work of weeding through, you know, so Mason has a particular diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but does that automatically conclude the end that we are told? Right. And I've watched you guys refuse to accept something that just wasn't true. Right. And, and to accept that, um, better is not possible, and it's like we're, we're if it's not possible, we're going to prove it mm-hmm. that it's not possible, but we're not just going to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk um, about that, mm-hmm. uh, share with you some of my perspectives. I've known you guys for quite some time, and give you an opportunity to speak to that. Okay. Yeah, you know, early, you know, kind of goes along with early on, just the steps that we that we've that we've grown even together as as husband and wife and as a family. Uh, You know, there was some extremely challenging times in our marriage. And uh, we, you know, I can remember being at work, you know, on second shift and, and I'd get a call, you know, you know, Raz, can you come home? You know, I just can't take it anymore. 
And I get it. She, I mean, I come in and the dryer's running. Mace is sitting on the dryer. She's there with him trying to soothe him. And, and uh, you know, and, and it seems like at those moments, I could, I could just really step in. And it's, and it's really teamwork. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what it comes down you to. You know, God really in the center of it. Little did we, you know, when you're caught in the in the trenches, if you will, right. and you've got, you know, if you've got distractions coming at you every direction. Right. I mean, from work to schools to children to just distractions, period. It's, it's, those are times that really define who you are and what you're really going to be about. And, uh, you know, and, and we stayed the course, you know, uh, it was, it was challenging, uh, for, for us and in a lot of ways, but you know, there was just certain things that we wouldn't do and that's give up mm -hmm. or give in. Yeah. Yeah. Really. There's, it's not so much what we did it's what we didn't do. Right. See, because we didn't really know what we was going to do because it always just, it was a changing, pro changing process. But I remember early on that, you know, some meltdowns and so on and so forth. And, and, and we could kind of, you know, we just kind of take turns on hand and, and we'd get through it. And, and, you know, and they were saying, well, you know, we could, we could medicate him. And while we're medicating him, we might medicate you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, and yeah. we absolutely refused to medicate. to medicate him because that changes who he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that changes us, whether we want to believe it or not. You know, medication changes what's going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. And we said that to one another. We looked at one another and went, "Oh no, no that'll change that. who he is." Yeah. yeah, and we didn't want to do that. You know. Um, didn't know how it was going to turn out, but we knew that we didn't want to do that. There's something else that I wanted to say as far as the labeling part. Um, we never made it known to Mason that he was autistic. He had no clue. He didn't know what he, we never talked about it. We just went about our daily business and this is how it was. Mason was 16 years old and he was going to go to um, a prom with okay. a gal. And her parents came over to the house, and they had a son. And immediately, Rouse and I could tell mm. he was autistic. And uh, so we're visiting with her about that. And we mentioned, well, uh, to the parents, not to Mason or the girl. We just said, uh, we understand that Mason is autistic as well. So they go home as a family, and the mom tells the girl, well, Mason's like your brother. And she's like, what? Well, yeah, he's autistic. So there, he and uh, Mason and the girl are together one night, and she says, you're like my brother. And Mason said, what do you mean I'm like your brother? And she said, uh, my brother's autistic, and you're autistic. And Mason said, I am? So he comes home, and he says to me, um, hey, Mom, can you, uh, can you die from autism? And I literally was like, where did this come from? It was like this feeling came over me. And I turned around and I said. You know, she was in the kitchen and yeah. her back was turned. And yeah. it, I think a day or two had gone by since he had been on the, the prom date. 
And so he had been processing this, trying to bring it to the table, if you will. And his mom's in the kitchen. He comes downstairs and says, hey, mom, I got yeah. something to ask you. He died you. from autism. And I turned around and I said, no, why are, why are you asking me that? And he said, well, um, because I'm autistic and I just don't know what that means. Mm. And I said, okay. I said, so where did you find this out? And he told me, and I said... And he's 16. Yeah, and I said, Mason, no, autism won't kill you. It's not a, it's not a disease. And I said, you know what, but you are beautifully and perfectly made, and this is how God made you. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we see you. Yeah. And he said, okay. And he turned around and walked away. And we never talked about it again. Wow. So why wait to tell him till he figured it out. We Because sometimes I think that and not in a bad way, but I think sometimes uh maybe things aren't tried because of a label. Um <clears throat> some things it's like, well, I can't do that because I'm uh, you know, I couldn't be on the wrestling team because I'm autistic. Yeah. yeah. To use I, that as an excuse not yeah. to do something or yeah. uh, Or just not feel good about yourself because of it. Someone would be selling you that good. It would seem like I would was selling him something if we would selling him a bill of goods of being a certain way or label. Right. When at the end of the day, you know, God made him just the way he wanted him made, and and we've talked about that even today. Not you know in recent, you know that uh, that 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 we're blessed as a result of how God made us. And and Stacy and I was having that conversation today, this morning over coffee, just about ourselves. Yeah. Just the, the, you know, some trying stuff that's gone on early on in our lives and some bill of goods that was sold to us. Mm -hmm. And, but all in all, you know, through the, through the challenges, that's what's made us who we are today. And Mason, I believe, is a, is a product of his, of his environment. Yeah. Amen. And I think that what you said about we're the broken ones, right? At Ooh. the very first, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we're the broken ones, you know. And I, I didn't want him to have that spirit of being broken because he wasn't mm. what people thought he should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Guys, that's all the time that we have for today's show. Join us next week as we continue our interview with the McCarty family. Until then, have a great weekend and be blessed.